Hello and welcome to the Creepy Campfire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And your host, Jordan. Nice to see you again. Jordan, it's been a little while. It's been too long. It has been, but you know, sometimes life happens. and A lot has happened in the last month and a half. You, you know, <laughs> tis the season for things to be crazy. But yep. we're coming back strong with a solid episode. The long-awaited long Halloween awaited, episode. Much, probably too much teased werewolf episode yep, 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 yep. sorry yeah. about that guys so jordan i have the most important question i'm going to ask you all night what's that when you played skyrim yeah werewolf or vampire was i werewolf or vampire yeah we gonna go into this real quick we're, we're there okay <laughs> okay i gotta i gotta a little thing to pick with uh skyrim so i got my dlc for it right as soon as it came out, that was what? Not Hearthstone, but it was the other one. What was oh, it? Oh, I don't know. I just waited. Dawn Guard. Oh, yeah. Dawn Guard. Yeah. Yeah, because that's it. when you actually could be a vampire was with the Dawn Guard. Yes. Yeah. So they give you, like, the option to... You can, like, side with the werewolves, or you can side, side with the vampires. I did end up siding with the vampires at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, kind of, like, playing both lines, because they, they let you do that for a little bit, where you do a couple missions for both. Yeah. But when I was able to turn into a vampire specifically, my game glitched mm-hmm. on that save, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't let me leave that room where you become a vampire. Yeah. And it completely screwed up that entire save file. I've heard of that glitch before. I think a roommate of mine had that. It but made you know, me stop playing Skyrim. That's the right call because, you know, you could have just played the Twilight version of Skyrim if you continued as a vampire. But yeah, that's where I stand on that yeah. I like werewolves for the win for all right sure. all right well, well you're at the right episode <laughs> yeah so werewolves now how far well first let me ask you what do you think of like um, what pops into your head immediately when you hear werewolf um full moon silver bullets uh, but like the the being the itself yeah like what do you think of like the whole transformation of it like a dude like slowly growing fur like out of all of his or not slowly but like rapidly growing really fur really quickly while like looking up at the full moon or something like that and bursting through all the clothes you know you know the cliche move pretty much everything i've seen in movies yeah yeah just going from just a dude to to yeah crazy beast semi-hairy dude to super hairy dude well what if i told you there was different different types of werewolves like different forms uh werewolves. werewolves yeah okay okay so you've got you've got the werewolf uh-huh. which is like what you think of where you've got your man he sees sees the moon transforms but then or you've also most well-known typical. right okay and then you have what i think is a little bit more likely and i'm going to go into a little bit more depth on all of these but you have what i think is a little bit more likely which is a wolf man which is just a very large wolf being that has like kind of man characteristics okay and then you have what's called a hellhound which is kind of dog-ish but i thought it kind of fit in so like it should at least get a little mention in here is that supposed to be like a like hellhound is that like a demony kind of thing yeah kind of i'll go in depth don't worry okay cool (laughs) and then there's something that i feel like i have to touch on or we're going to get emailed to death about which is the skinwalker Okay. Um, not going to go into a lot of detail I on think it. I've heard that before. Yeah, that it's, term. it's pretty popular. We we may go into an episode with it later. I'm not specifically. Yeah, I I'm not too thrilled with the Skinwalkers. Like a lot of people love the Skinwalker, mm-hmm. but I feel like if I didn't mention it, it'd be 
I'd be called out. So I need to get to throw that in there. Okay. Um, so let's we'll circle back. Yeah. So circle back. Let's let's go back into each one and talk a little bit more specifically on them. Yeah. So werewolves. You know, it's it's what you think of with uh, the classic classic human sees full moon or has some kind of reaction that causes them to transform from human to wolf. This one I don't believe as much because I feel like that kind of transformation will cause so much physical trauma that like your body couldn't handle that. Like permanent damage. Yeah. Like I just, I feel like there's so much pain that would be involved in that. Like you would, you would die from that. Well, plus it's not like, like they ever portray it. Like the dude just gets really hairy and he's like, and he, and he like becomes, he always like bulks up. Yeah. You always first. swell he always up a little gets, bit. And of course it's bigger first. Yeah. And of course a little bit of that's Hollywood maybe. But I just, I feel like... But that bone structure is not sustainable. <laughs> it makes me think of, like, the memes of, like, Pokemon. And like, like Magikarp changing to Gyarados. Like, he wouldn't make it. <laughs> like, that's just too much to put on his yeah, body. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And a lot. With me, so I'm an exterminator. So, obviously, insects are, like, the first thing that I run to. But the only thing in nature that I could find that goes through a transformation even similar to, li- similar to this would be, of course, like, the caterpillar and the the moth so it starts as something but becomes something completely different right and it's and it's not like i don't know about you of course growing up we're all we all see the little little diagram of like caterpillar cocoon butterfly yeah but i never thought about what actually like the specifics of what actually happens in that um cocoon but what happens to them in that cocoon is pretty vicious like i don't i don't know i think i always just imagine like from the caterpillar they would you know they grow out everything that they needed from there Mm -hmm. um but what actually happens is they digest themselves from the inside out um let me read a little bit more from our source wonderopolis.org so like the body's literally eating itself yeah so while, while some people think of cocoons as a resting place, there's no resting going on inside the cocoon. To the contrary, there's a lot of activity. Inside the cocoon in the chrysalis, the caterpillar is transforming into a new creature. The old cal- caterpillar body be broken down and turned into something new. Inside, the body digests itself from the inside out using the same juices that it does to digest food. So it literally like gooifies itself and then rebuilds itself back into that butterfly. I was going to say, how is it still like alive? Does it like know where to stop and keep itself alive enough to be able to transform into something? You know, I'm not even going to pretend like uh, we're a scientific yeah. podcast. Yeah, I guess we, you we, really we think dabble. About that kind of thing. You know, we, we try to learn as much as we can through research so we can l- learn as much as we can. But you just want to see the cute caterpillar become a beautiful butterfly. That's right. All. That's all you think about. But. Yeah, so it literally turns into like a pocket of goo Gross. and then grows itself back. But that's the only thing I could find in nature that does that. Have you seen a Hercules beetle transformation? No. It's nuts. Look it up. Sorry. I just Definitely. saw it like two days ago. That's why I had to bring it up. Gotcha. No, I'll have to check that I'll out. I'll send you one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, w- I would argue that insects are probably one of the more advanced animals on the planet. Yeah, not life form. It's like... yeah. Just because they go through so many generations and have such a high population, they, Mm -hmm. like, have more time to get specialized naturally like that? Yeah. Whereas, like, a bird or or insect, or not insect, a bird or, like, a reptile or something like that, they don't go through as many generations as as insects do. Yeah. So that's why I feel like 
insects are the only ones that could do that because you don't see anything else doing that. They grow. Other things molt. You know, re- reptiles will molt and grow and change, but like they're always becoming like well some of them you know caterpillars whatever they have to adapt at a much higher rate yeah and they can because they do have so many offspring but not nothing not a whole lot else can do that but that's why i don't believe the werewolf the classic Mm -hmm. at least what we think of is the classic werewolf idea of transforming like that because it just seems like you wouldn't be able to handle that yeah so let's talk about the the physical description and how it can be a little different so um, the physical description, it tends to be around the size of a man, around six feet tall, um, gray, black, or brown fur. It's faster than a normal wolf would be. Um, and occasionally it has glowing yellow and sometimes red eyes. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's change gears a little bit to what I think is the more plausible one, which is the wolf man. Okay. And so... What makes it a wolf man is it is very wolf-like, but it's got more of a, a human build. So, like, it has a broader chest, whereas wolves and dogs and things like that have more of a narrow chest, the uh-huh. way that their their front legs are set. Um, the wolf men are typically, they're described with, with a real broad chest, like a man, usually pretty muscular. Um, so are these, are they, um, I don't know if it's, like, in your description or anything, but are they known to, like, you know, trying to differentiate between werewolves and what a wolf men yeah do they like werewolves you know, typically you know your your standard uh do they walk on two legs or do they or are they still on all fours it goes back and forth um typically because the way their arms are set and then they have that broader chest they'll do both for the wolf uh wolfman for the wolfman yeah okay yeah so they'll gotcha. they'll do both um and when i say like human-like features that's the main one is that broad chest human-like shoulders um they still have the legs kind of bent like you would see of a normal mm-hmm. normal uh, wolf. Um, similar similar fur, you know, all, all the range of colors, black, gray, brown. Um, they don't have, like, a human nose or anything like that. There's yeah. more of, like, the physique minus the legs. But where a, where a werewolf still has, like, you know, the whatever potential human inside of it, I'm, a, I'm assuming a wolf man does not... With the Wolfman, it was a little harder to find origins of the of the Wolfman. Yeah. In general, um, it's usually encounters, is what I found with okay. the Wolfman, which is why I kind of believe it more. It's more of something that was found. Um, see, there's there's a few things that um, might bring up the origin of the Wolfman, but it's it's all very folklorish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. And yeah. do, I mean, I'm assuming they probably, like, aside from maybe uh, visual or aesthetic um, human-like features, they don't, can't, like, talk or think or... None, well, I wouldn't say think, but talk for sure is something that I haven't seen in any of them. Yeah. Um, oh, definitely. I think that, I think that they think. Um, well, okay, so yeah. But, like, I mean, with like, the with the intellect of a person. Yeah. Is, yeah, I think at least close to it from what I've read. Okay. Yeah. And then the the last main difference between the Wolfman and the Werewolf is usually sightings of the Wolfman include more more depth and description of the of their strength and their speed and they they tend to be a little bit larger mm-hmm. than the than your typical Werewolf. 
Yeah, and there's just more of them, right? I'm assuming like encounters, like you said, with uh, um, Wolfmen. Well, nowadays, Wolfmen are what's more reported. Yeah. But Middle Ages, it was werewolf, like, all over the place. Like, how you think of, like, witch hunts, werewolf hunts were, like, number two. But, I mean, could that maybe be them not knowing how to differentiate? And maybe for for that time, they only knew it as... Oh, no, it was total, like, transformation. Because, like I said, how people were getting executed for being witches. Yeah. People were being executed for being werewolves. Oh. Yeah. It was pretty nuts. Dang. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into that. Okay. So, then we go on to hellhounds. Now, hellhounds are, they've most commonly been referenced in old folklore, you know, your Greek, Roman folklore, things like that. Yeah. Um, that kind of mythos. But there are a few that slip into modern times, and these are much more dog-like, like same size as like a Great Dane or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, their typical characteristics, they tend to be followed around by smoke, and mm-hmm. usually a smell of sulfur, which... It seems like just about everything weird gets described with a sulfur smell around it. Yeah. Um, They're usually always black, sometimes gray, and typically they have glowing red eyes. Cool. And they're they're usually described being around areas of death, so battlefields. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, especially if, you know, I mean, hellhounds kind of implies that they're, I don't know, they're... From yeah. some, from somewhere else, and th- it makes me think of uh, what's that three-headed dog? Cerberus. Maybe I'll ch- I'll take your word on it. The three-headed? Are you you're talking like Hercules? The three-headed? Yeah, dog? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Cerberus. Okay. Yeah, that's what it makes me think of. Yeah. Obviously not three-headed and huge, but like. Well, yeah, because that's like Hades' dog, right? Like yeah. His, yeah. So that's the that's what hellhounds are described as. And then finally, we have the Skinwalker. The, there's so much on Skinwalkers. Um, there are a Native American in origin, as far as the that, that mythos goes. Um, Skinwalker sounds more like a like a shapeshifter. Yeah, that's pretty much. It's just most commonly found as wolf. Okay. Um, so a, a little bit of background on on Skinwalkers. Skinwalkers. Um, I want to be sensitive to our Native American listeners, so if I say anything that is incorrect, I apologize, and I will come on the next show and and, and redact that. But skinwalkers, so they you, you've heard of the medicine man. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, because this would be incorrect to say you had an evil medicine man. That's totally incorrect, but it's the closest I can get to. Yeah. Um, they want to use some powers that are not maybe frowned upon yeah yeah and you gotta go through some pretty pretty gnarly hoops to get them like i said i'll, I'll spare some of the details in case we do an episode on it but you you you, you have to kill some people i'll throw, throw that out there um, okay. to be able to be a skinwalker um and typically it was you did this and then you donned uh, something of that animal and you got the powers of that animal. So if you wore a wolf pelt, you could run and have the scent and things like that of a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you if you wore a crow's beak, you could fly like a crow and things like that. So, gotcha. But it's most typically um, referred like spotted as a wolf. Okay. And there's a lot of lore that goes into that. From what I've heard, Native Americans don't even like speaking of it because brings it around. Sore topic. Well, it's just like kind of more you talk about it, more it shows up type of thing. Gotcha. Um, 
So okay. that's, that's a. So those are the different like classes or like distinctions. Yes. So hellhound being kind of like a. Yeah, off to the side kind hellhound's of. kind of like on the tail end, but I'm like, eh, just you a know. fun. We're talking about uh, dogs, kind of honorable honorable mention. You know, gotcha. This is this is more of a broad episode. Usually we narrow in on a specific thing. So, but this is our first one where we're tackling like a whole topic. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Okay. So we've kind of talked about the differences between the different things. Let's just kind of let's let's talk about how you can become a werewolf. Ooh, that's not. There's more than just looking at the full moon. Well, that's like when you or like when the full moon is around. Yeah, and these are also. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say everything's all supposed because I'm sure that's probably getting tired and old. Yeah, but these are some ways that I found to become a werewolf. So you can either be bitten by another werewolf. Hmm. You can be oh, yeah, scratched, yeah, scratched by a werewolf. Okay. Uh, sell your soul to the devil. Don't do that. Bad idea. Hmm. That sounds like a kind of a blanket one. Like you could do, you could sell your soul. Right. To the devil no matter anything. what you want. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's not worth it. Who's gonna become a werewolf to? All right. It's it's, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. <laughs> and so then you could wear an enchanted belt made of wolf skin. Good luck finding that. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to get that. No, not at the local flea market. Unless you're playing Skyrim. (laughs) You can apply a magic salve to one's body. And this one actually is, it sounds obscure, but it's the one I ran into the most in the Middle Ages. A lot of people in the Middle Ages were tried for being werewolves. And when they were tried for being werewolves, they would ask them, like, like how did you make this happen? And they would say, some, some random person gave me this salve, and I would rub the salve on, and it would happen, or the devil gave it to me. But the salve was a pretty common excuse. Huh. Interesting. Let's see. Black magic, of course, just like the devil. Yeah. Um, eating lycanthropus flowers, the earliest known... Mention of werewolves it was in Greek, Greek folklore. Yeah. Okay. Um, and when it was mentioned in Greek folklore, it was typically someone was turned into a wolf out of punishment. So they would anger the Greek gods, and mm-hmm. then the Greek gods would respond with transforming them into wolves. Okay. And that was kind of the first mention of werewolves. So lycanthropic flowers, you said? Yes. Hmm. And then inhaling certain potions, simply wearing an animal's pelt, much like the skinwalker. Uh, placing a real wolf pelt on one's body and then drinking beer mixed with blood. Drinking no. beer mixed with blood? Yeah, you haven't heard of that? It's uh, the newest newest local brewery, Wolf's Ew. Blood. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not checking it out. No, no thanks. Oh. I'm good. Yeah, I'll stick with my bourbon. <laughs> drinking water from a wolf's paw print. That one I don't know how... That is cool, but obscure. I mean, you look kind of dumb doing it, though. Well, you, all yeah, fours you look like looking out of some prints. Like, what are you doing, Bob? Where, God, where did that even come from? Uh, you know. People got too much time on their hands. Eating the brains of a wolf? I mean, I'm pretty sure that that actually happens. And I don't think that people you know, are turning into werewolves. No, no, no disrespect to our European friends. But I feel like that's, like, on a menu somewhere in Europe. Well, yeah, not just, I mean. I know, know I know brains of some other animals are. are well, I mean, whole dogs are eaten in. Other countries. Other countries. <laughs> So I, was, I wouldn't put it past some other countries. <laughs> yeah, well, I think here in America, we're just very, we are spoiled. spoiled. Oh, I'm sure there are a couple of Americans that have tried to eat. Oh, I'm sure. Some, uh, you know, but we're very, we're very uh, spoiled with the cuts of meat 
that we want. Like we only want, you know. I have to redact that because it may that that might just be how some people are raised. Like I'm not. I it's not fair for me to say that it's crazy that some people eat what well, they I, eat. I think because it's like it's part of it's ingrained in some cultures. So mm-hmm. well, Jordan, you, you work in the restaurant business. Yes, and you've worked in several restaurants now. Yes, and on the menus of most of those restaurants, it was usually pretty standard, right? Like steak. Yep. Yep. All your, uh, all your chicken, like yep. chicken, ch- bacon, a lot of bacon. <laughs> yeah. Chicken, bacon. But like there was not, Steak. there's not a lot, like occasionally you'll find cow's tongue someplace if you go to a good Yeah. But it's, all, it's usually all from just a handful of animals. But like, it's not, there's not a lot of, we don't venture outside that. Like a lot of people don't even like liver, like the older generations. Yeah. Like liver. And that's about as far as you can go. Yeah, I mean, but like, like frog frog legs are a big thing. Some places, but, but, but still, you're talking about you're talking about the legs. You know, wings. You know that all that kind of musc- muscular cuts. True. Of meat, I'm I'm thinking more things like organs, the tongue, the brain, things that those we don't eat here. But in other countries, like they love it. Oh, that depends because some uh, some things like uh, like head cheese and stuff like that, I think, are made of like com- compiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, like pig organs and stuff like that. Yeah, we are getting so off topic here. But um, well, we're talking about we're eating wolf brain, this, and, yeah. And I feel like that's a common thing somewhere in the world. And there's not werewolves running all over the place. In a or country. at least something that happens. I don't know about common, but <laughs> wolf maybe specifically. I don't it's know. on the menu somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. we'll leave it at that. Other than <laughs> other than eating wolf brain, so then you there's. Having sex with a werewolf? With a werewolf or a wolf? A werewolf. Werewolf, okay. I mean, thank God it's not wolf, but yeah, werewolf. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I'm surprised <laughs> that's not lumped in there with it. Uh, uh, eating an unborn fetus. Some of these are just painful to even say. Yeah. Um, wearing a belt. Lots of belts. What's the deal with belts? Uh, is is that me. like where the belts came from for comic heroes? Like... You put on one belt, you turn into a werewolf, but if you put a different one on, you turn into the Flash, like... Uh, um, you got so me. You put on a wealth, a belt made from a criminal's skin. A criminal's skin? Yep, a skin of an executed criminal. Uh, being cursed by a witch or a troll. Okay, that sounds right. Being born on Christmas Eve. I don't know about you, I've met a few people born on Christmas Eve. Pretty sure, I mean, I, I don't know everybody's personal life. But I'm pretty sure they're not werewolves. They're not werewolves. I feel like that would have would have came out they in haven't, school. They haven't. Maybe maybe you guys aren't as close as you think. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, being blasphemous and getting cursed for your sins. Okay. A lot of this sounds like punishment. Yeah. Which goes back to the original origin. Where yeah, where it originally yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know with the Greeks punishing them. Um, let's see. Drinking from a like lycanthropus stream. Don't know where you'd find that. So if it sounds like you can find like things that are endowed with basically, like, if you like trip, or something, you're gonna turn into a werewolf. Yeah, you know, step on a crack, you're turning into a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you drink downstream from wolves, sleeping on a Friday night under a full moon with the moon shining directly on your face. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and try that. Wait, wait, we're on. We're what? Today's what? Thursday? Tomorrow night? Yeah. Well, All you right. missed the blood moon. The blood moon was a couple days ago. Oh man, that would have been could have been like ultra werewolf. All right. 
Maybe that's how you get like red fur. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Being the seventh son, which isn't common anymore because baby boomers are the past. But Jeez, there are a lot of ways. Yeah, it, there's more. Um, <laughs> being a child conceived under a, a new moon, so not a full moon, but a new moon where it's just there's nothing appearing in the sky. Okay. Going to con- or not going to confession for ten years is one. Some of these I'm like, dude, I would have been a werewolf twice over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> so take them with the grain of salt. Uh, being gruesomely murdered on a full moon. So, but does that make wait? You, so you come back as a werewolf are you like a a were zombie a, a zombie wolf like it's just it's just what they're saying oh by the way we will have the sources to this on our website creepycampfirepodcast.weebly.com so that way you guys can check all this out for yourself and then finally being born on a full moon tasting human flesh and being chosen by the native american wolf spirit again i didn't make this list up but it's what the research revealed. Um, I believe it is on werewolves.com slash the many ways to become a werewolf. That, right. that makes it sound like there's like every other person is a uh, Right? Is like a we would have, you know, maybe there's like werewolf nightclubs we don't know about. Jesus. But. They're all in London. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So we're, so we're past ways to become one. So th- so we went through the ways to become one. Again, this is the transferring one, transforming one that I'm not a huge fan of. So let's go into some accounts. Talk about people that actually like ran into them. We're going to get the hellhounds out of the way first since they're kind of the more a little mm-hmm. bit more obscure one. And this story comes to us from mysteriousuniverse.org and it's the hellhounds that were seen during World War 1. The Battle of Mons was a brutal battle during World War One, um, and which World War One is famously known for the trench warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had no man's land in between, where you know you you were hoping to gain ground by the inches, not by the miles. Yeah, and there's just mayhem, tons of death in the middle of there. Um, I believe gas warfare like wasn't regulated at that time, so it was it was savage people getting mowed down so the tale of the hellhound of mons was originally brought to public to the public attention in 1919 by a canadian war veteran by the name of fj newhouse who brought back the gruesome tale from the battlefield the story was originally published in a 1919 edition of the atta evening news from oklahoma but was soon picked up by other publications According to the account, the incident started when Captain Yessex and four men of the London Fusiliers braved the perils of no man's land in order to carry out a patrol of the area. The patrol never returned, though. This was not strange in and of itself. Remember, this was, this was a bloody battle during World War I. But when the bodies of the men were found several days later, it was discovered that something had ripped their throats out and left gaping teeth marks upon the corpses. One night, a few days after this, it was reported that soldiers from both sides hearing an ear-piecing, monstrous howl emanating from the darkness of no man's land. The blood-curdling shriek was allegedly so terrifying that some of the soldiers who braved battle day after day considered retreating at once. I'm going to take a break there. I feel like if you're under those strains, like you're ready to snap at any moment anyway. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's going to take much to make you, like, I already don't want to go back out. 
and get shot because I just saw Billy get shot two seconds ago. No, definitely. I mean, so, you are you are on as on edge as anybody could ever possibly be. Yeah. So I don't feel like it's going to take much to make you feel like you need to snap. Yeah. So during the ensuing days, more patrols would set out into no man's land, only to be found later in a similar mauled state. Throats ravaged by some of the huge beasts. The occasional anguished cries of terror from German soldiers seemed to indicate that they were suffering similar attacks. So that way you knew it wasn't one-sided. Mm-hmm. The eerie nighttime roars also increased the frequency, and it was around this time that some of the soldiers on sentry duty along the edges of No Man's Land reported seeing an enormous gray hound sulking about in the shadows of the war-torn chasm between the two enemies. For two years, the Hound prowled the battlefield of Mons, gaining an ever-growing list of victims and instilling horror in the troops. Then suddenly, as quick as it appeared, it was gone. Hmm. I'm wondering if it's like going after corpses or it's actually killing these people. Well, this one is probably the most famous modern story of a Hellhound. Yeah. Um, and I kind of side with the skeptics a little bit on this one. Where they say it was because wild dogs in that, and and I believe that was France, um, they're pretty common. Yeah, you know, not unheard of. Yeah, and so it it would be natural for them to come in, get some spoils of the war, like eat some eat some victims, Mm -hmm. um, just trying to get some food, just because they're wild dogs. Yeah, and uh, that's why the the one of the reasons they had these patrols were so they could go out and get people that were shot but not dead yet just injured mm-hmm. so they would try to and they would try to patrol in nighttime when it's a little a little harder to get spotted and shot um they try to patch people up pull them in help them out so not all of them were dead but also attacks of these wild dogs weren't uncommon either yeah um there is a few more reports um of specific german soldiers that that actually would spot the hellhound and it was like i, I mentioned earlier they would they would see "Quote unquote smoke coming from it, um, and they, everyone reported red eyes. Um, okay, but beyond that, beyond the smoke and the red eyes, it's it's just another dog that's preying on on the spoils of some more like corpses. Yeah, yeah, and the smoke, like with all of the machinery, gunfire, and and mortars that would go off. I mean, I n- imagine there would be just a constant fogs and smoke sensation. Well, yeah, and like you said, you're already. St- I mean, they were all still so on, like, they were already so on edge. Yeah. And essentially living a nightmare anyways. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up seeing some stuff out there. Yeah. I mean, especially with deprivation of, I mean, if you didn't, if, if a platoon or whatever didn't get supplies for a couple of days and mm-hmm. you're out of luck, you got to live with what you got. Yeah. So. Well, the most, I think the most compelling argument is the, the, the wounds because they were animalistic wounds you know but again i really feel like it was just some wild dogs that have roamed in Mm -hmm. but i could be wrong you know could be could be some other stuff no i definitely have to side with you on that one so but hellhounds are a big big thing and and that's probably the the most famous account of them so now let's go into the transforming werewolves um like i said they were most common in the middle ages and we're going to read about Peter Stubb. I believe that's how you'd say his name. S-T-U-B-B-E. Stubb. P-B-E? Stubb? S-T-U-B-B-E. B-B-E? Oh, Stubb? Yeah. Yeah. Stubb. Stubb. Sounds right. 
It's one of those. <laughs> so this one is from vintagenews.com. And we're going to read the account of Peter Stubb, a werewolf farmer from Bedburg in 1589. Wait, a what farmer? A what farmer? A, a what farmer? <laughs> a werewolf farmer, but he was just a farmer that was a werewolf. Not, he didn't farm werewolves himself. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So <laughs> no, I'm, what I'm trying to get down, so is Peter Stubb the one whose who's like account it is, or is it like about Peter Stubb, who is apparently this farmer who is a werewolf? It's about Peter Stubb, okay. who was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, so what's Peter Stubb going to tell us? Well, actually, kind of both. We'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into okay. it. All right. According to Peter Stubb, a farmer in Rhineland lived just outside of the town of Bedburg during a time when there was a huge amount of political and religious upheaval. The part of Germany where Stubb lived had been laid waste during the Cologne War between the Catholics and the Protestants. Now citizens of the town were being killed, and rumors began to circulate about a wolf-like creature roaming around killing both people and livestock. It was described as greedy, strong, mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. People lived in increasing fear of the creature, traveling in heavy armed groups when they had to go from one town to the other, and each newly discovered victim would only increase that fear. Attempts were made for several years to capture and kill the monster with no success, until 1589 when a group of men managed to track the creature and encircle it with their dogs. When the hunters closed in, they found not a wolf but stub. It's not clear whether the townsmen actually saw Stubb transform or if he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but he was captured. Stubb was tortured and confessed to killing one man, two pregnant women, 13 children. According to a pamphlet circulating in London, the next year he further told his captors that he had made a pact with the devil when he was 12 years old, exchanging his soul for various worldly pleasures. Stubb didn't feel this was enough incentive on his own, so Satan gave him a belt that allowed him to turn into a wolf. He used this to commit any number of atrocities, including incest, murder, and cannibalism. He was executed on October 31st, 1589, horribly and gruesomely. He was lashed to a wheel while the flesh was torn from him with heated pincers and his limbs were broken. He was decapitated and the final step, his body was burned. His mistress and daughter were also accused of incest and were burned alive. Stubb's head was mounted on the body of a wolf and set in public as a warning to others who might be considering lycanthropy. Oh my god. So, uh, Peter Stubb, ladies and gentlemen. Peter Stubb. Peter Stubb. That's a laundry list of, uh, of no-nos. Yeah. That he, uh, <laughs> that he accomplished. <laughs> yeah. He achieved uh, in his lifetime. Uh, since he was 12? Like, how old was he? Does it say how old he was when they caught him? How long he's been doing that, potentially? It did not. Um, I imagine they're at least, at least 30s, I'd imagine. I mean, he had a wife and kids. That's true. Well, back on. I know, back in those days, you get <laughs> you married know. at like 18 yeah. and let's get yeah, going. You never really know. <laughs> um, okay, so lycanthropy, deal with the devil, though. Yeah, that's what he said, at 12. But see... When that originally happened, he, he it was just for worldly pleasures. So, and then he, and so what? He wasn't okay. So he wasn't happy in, enough with. Yeah, eventually he wasn't settled with it. So I guess 
he Asked spoke to, to the devil again. Become a werewolf? And was just like, hey, this this, this kind of sucks. And he was like, well, how about this belt? You know, we were talking about belts earlier. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, I need a, I need a And he was like, why not? Belt. I'll take this belt and try it out. And Little did he know. Turn him into a wolf. Yeah. So he killed one man. One man. Two pregnant ladies two and pregnant 13 ladies. children. Yeah, in most of the accounts, especially in the Middle Ages, they talk person. about women and children murders. Like, men were invincible. Well, men were the ones that committing the crimes. Yeah. But it's at a time where, like I said, usually women were being tried for witchcraft, which men were tried for witchcraft too, but uh-huh. largely women. And this was something that was typical to accuse a man of. Well, like, when did the Salem witch trials happen? I'll have to look that up. It was, it was way after 1589. That's true. But maybe Salem's just more specific. Because there was quite a while that the witch lore the, was Those happened between 1692 and 1693. Oh, really? That was yeah. it? Yeah, but that's America's witch trials. Like That's true. You know, And it was short, that short-lived, though. We have a, we have a short concept of, of time here in comparison to our across-the-pond neighbors. That's true. Okay, so... Peter Stubb. Peter Stubb. Terrible person. Terrible person. Devil's right hand. Apparently. Not, not right hand, but, but you know. Um, Dead, broken leads. in 30 pieces, hand. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely uh, killed him pretty brutally. That's yeah, for and, sure. and it was, and it said, you know, before he admitted to it, he had been tortured pretty heavily. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, there, we know I'm not the biggest fan of this kind of, of werewolf with the transformation, because I just, I feel like it's too out there. Yeah. Um, which I feel like is weird to say on our podcast. Uh-huh. But, Trying to rationalize some of this, I feel like that one's just too out there, um, and it, you couldn't do that. Did it say that he was in captivity? Well, I mean, not captivity, but like essentially they held him for like a year or like however long, like how however long they had him, and he and he didn't turn into a werewolf in at any given time. Well, they time? said that they had like circled they they so they were tracking this werewolf down. Yeah, they thought they had the wolf itself, but by the time the dogs had circled what they thought was the werewolf, they just found Peter. Okay. But once they actually had him... And then when they had him and detained him, they tortured him for an unspecified amount of time. Gotcha. And uh, eventually he copped to being a werewolf. And I think that's more... I think that's more he was tortured until he finally was like, yeah, I'm a werewolf. Just tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean... I mean, because back to, in the day, you didn't need proof for any of that. Like, Yeah. But to be fair, like he could have just left it as like, yeah, I'm a werewolf. And then they would off him because he probably like it was like too much torture, and he's like, "All right, I'm ready for this to be done." Yeah, maybe. This but then, is... like, why would you go as far as to be like, "Yeah, I made a deal with the devil when I was 12. and it's like that was his only chance and... to repent or something. I... But but the deal with the devil thing for him to come up with that on his uh, on his own out of the blue that's pretty well. Just like every, all the specifics with it, like, "Yeah, I killed one man, two women, and thirteen kids." Like, well, I couldn't. Yeah, I was a werewolf and I killed some people. I don't know. I was a werewolf, so I couldn't keep track of how many. Well, like, usually, like, I mean, I guess, I guess along with the mythos of, of werewolves, um, at least typically, like, in the movies and stuff like that, how they portray it, whenever whatever person turns into a, the werewolf, they don't necessarily have a recollection of what, they're, what they've done mm-hmm. in becoming that. Yeah. But this dude seems very aware of, like, everything he did. Oh, yeah. He was like, I was about it. I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And I think, I know the Greatest inc- werewolf incest <laughs> comment seems a little random in there, but I think what it was is awful as this is and i might even cut this out of the pod later but uh a couple other accounts that i read of 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 the similar time period in the middle ages and things like that um people they they would transform and then commit those acts so it wasn't like 
oh yeah, I was a werewolf and I was having incest. It was like both at the same time. So I guess you wouldn't be found out. Okay. But it's weird no matter what. And we don't condone that here at the Creepy Campfire Podcast. No. So. Yeah. Okay. So is that, okay. So what, what other, what else you got? So we got, we've, we've, we've crossed off Hellhound. Hellhound. There's my, you know, I'm getting tired when the Southern comes out. <laughs> we, we've crossed off transforming werewolf. Now we're going to go into my favorite, which is Wolfman. Wolfman. And I'm going to talk about something that could easily be the subject of an episode on its own, which is the Beast of Bray Road. Which of again, Bray Road? Of Bray Road. Okay. And this comes to us from prairieghosts.com. The state of Wisconsin is no stranger to werewolf sightings and encounters, although it seems impossible that a mythical creature like a werewolf could stalk the nation's heartland a number of bizarre encounters in the late 1980s and early 1990s leaves us pondering this very idea. There had already been encounters with what some believe were werewolves in Wisconsin in 1936, 1964, and 1972 respectively. But there had been nothing like the reports that came out of the the area near Delavan starting in 1989. This April. whole Bray Road thing is 1989? 1989. Well, it's like 80s and 90s. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Not so long ago. Yeah. The first werewolf sighting to go public occurred on October 31st, 1999. A young woman named Doristine Gimson from nearby Elkhorn was driving along Bray Road near Delavan. As she neared the intersection of Hospital Road, she leaned over to change change the station on her radio when she felt her right tire jump off the ground as if she had hit something. Concerned, she stopped the car and got out to see what it was. Finding nothing on the roadway behind her car, she began to look around. As she peered into the darkness, she suddenly saw a dark, hairy form racing toward her. She did not see what the figure looked like from the distance at which she was standing, reportedly around 50 feet, but she did see the figure was quite bulky, and she would later compare the form to someone who works out continually with weights. Startled by the oncoming form and by the sounds of its, quote, heavy feet, she quickly retreated to her car. She jumped in and was attempting to drive away when the beast jumped onto her truck. Luckily, it was too wet for the creature to hang on, and it fell off onto the pavement. Doristine returned to her site later that evening with a young girl and she was taking with a young girl that she was taking out trick-or-treating and saw a large form on the side of the road. When she saw the creature moving, she ordered the child to lock her door and drove quickly away from the scene. She had no idea what she had seen, but wondered if perhaps it might have been a bear, angry because she had struck it with her car. Reg- so, so this is again, this is nineteen eighty nine or nineteen ninety nine? This one's nineteen ninety nine. Well. Yeah. Regardless, she told the neighbor about the encounter the next day and showed her scratched car. As word spread, more local people began to step forward with their own encounters with the beast, dating back to 1989. So there's our connection to the 80s. One night in the fall of that year, 24-year-old bar manager, Lorianne Andrizzi, I'm really sorry if I butchered your name, (laughs) was rounding a curve on Bray Road. She saw that what she thought was a person to be kneeling and hunched over over the side of the road. When she slowed down, she took a closer look at the figure on the passenger side of the car. She was no more than six feet away at the time. Sighting lasted for about 45 seconds, and she stated she clearly saw a beast with grayish-brown hair, fangs, and pointed ears. Quote, his face was long and snouty like a wolf. 
She also noted that even though the car's headlights were pointed ahead down the roadway, the creature's eyes glowed with a yellowish color, just like an animal's will do when reflecting in car lights. Like Doris Gimpson, she also saw how wide and powerful the creature's chest and build were. She went on to add that the arms of the beast were rather strange. They were jointed, as a man's would be, and it would seem to be holding food with its palms upward, completely like any animal that she had ever heard of. The arms were muscular, and the creature seemed to have human-like fingers with claws on the ends. She did not notice any sort of tail, but did say that the back legs were behind it, like a person's would be if they were kneeling. And Drizzy was completely unnerved by the sighting. She later stated in an interview that the creature, uh, quote, appeared to be so human-like that it was scary, end quote. After hearing Doris Gimsey's account of count by way of rumor, and Drizzy contacted Lakeland Animal Shelter, and her mother contacted a local newspaper paper writer named Linda Godfrey. Okay, so we've got two, technically two different accounts, right? We've got Drizzy, and we've got... So first we've got, um, we've got Gibson. Which was 1999? 99, which... I guess chronologically, we've got um, and Drizzy. Did Drizzy come out about something that had happened earlier in like 89? Right. So Gibson reported hers in 99, and that led... Had other people come out about it? Exactly. Gotcha. Okay, so, so, so Drizzy also saw this thing, and she was the one that was talking about it kneeling in the side of the road, right? Correct. Yeah, Gibson was the one where she saw this, like this thing, she hit, she hit thing. something, yeah. and then it ran up and grabbed the trunk of her car, which, man, she should have took a Polaroid of her car. That right? thing would be a gold mine. Yeah, I mean, if that picture was floating around there somewhere, oh. it'd be a lot more believable. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, Drizzy's account of what a werewolf sounds, or like, it sounds like it's supposed to look. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very. It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like Gib, Gib, Gibson 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 mm-hmm. Gibson Gibson um, that she got a very good like a really good look at it at least not as good as Drizzy. No, and she even said like, and I I appreciate when you read stories of like this because I kind of relate to that of like when something happens and you don't know what happened, mm-hmm. you don't you don't go to the irrational first. You don't hear a noise and it's like oh is that a ghost? You're like oh is that a floorboard? No, I just fixed the floorboard. Maybe then it's a ghost. But you do the, the the reasonable thing first, the rational thing first. And I appreciate when I, I hear accounts like that. She hits it, and she even thinking back, she's like, maybe it was an angry bear. Yeah. But now we have other accounts that say, no, I saw similar things, and I got a better look at it. And this is all along the same road. Yes, this is all Bray Road, same intersection. Which, by the way, listeners, if you do want to go, it is private property now, so we don't advise you going uh, without permission. That's illegal. Don't do that. We didn't tell you to do that. Werewolf saved up and bought it. Right. Trying to keep people <laughs> off his land. <laughs> okay. So we got, so we got them linking up now. Let's see what happens after they after they link up. After hearing Doris Gimson's account. By way of rumor, and Drizzy contacted the Lakeland Animal Shelter, and her mother contacted a local newspaper writer named Lid- Linda Godfrey, who I believe has written a, at least one book on this subject, hmm. hoping that the publicity might encourage other people who encountered the creature to come forward. 
The story that follows was published on December 29, 1991, and while it contained basic information about the Gibson and Indrizzi sightings using pseudonyms for the two women, it also included some scanty information on other sightings. It also mentioned that chickens had been stolen and other family who lived near Bray Road had experienced their own close encounter with the beast. Karen Bowie, who actually lived among Bowers Road, stated that her daughter, Heather, age 11, had seen the creature back in 1989. They had been playing outside and, though they, and thought they had spotted a large dog until it stood up. She mentioned the odd shape of its back legs and the speed at which it could move. The county humane officer, John Fredrickson, told the reporter that he believed the creature was a coyote, but he did concede that there was a lot of people who believed they had seen something out of the ordinary. He admitted that he was not sure what to make of it. Predictably, large media outlets picked up the story, and witnesses began to suffer from practical jokes and laughter. Werewolf signs were planted in front yards, and werewolf parties became common. That's the worst. Even at the bar where Andrizzi worked. Monster t-shirts were sold, and tourists cruised up and down Bray Road, hoping for a glimpse of the creature. As time went by, though, excitement decreased, and the temper of the community began to wear thin. Despite all the jokes and humor, there was still an undercurrent of fear in Delavan and Elkhorn. Something was going on in the vicinity of Bray Road, and soon people began to whisper other things as well. Well, yeah, so I'm surprised there's, like, no missing persons or, you know, cars found on the side of the road or anything to elude. I mean, so... it seems like for the most part, as opposed from a potentially getting hit or crossing the road at the wrong time, that it keeps to itself. So that it that it's not necessarily... So, okay, so wait. Some people said that, that, what, that what was missing? That some... That some... Okay, so family... So nearby families had seen... Oh, they, they had just seen things. a strange creature, kind of like on the edge of the like tree line. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. But I mean, if I saw something creepy like that too, I mean, well, yeah, you'd re- you'd report it. But I'm just actually so to be totally honest, like... I probably wouldn't, unless it was so strike. I'm like, unless I legitimately think I saw a werewolf, I yeah. probably wouldn't report it. Yeah. <laughs> if I just saw like a something a little out of the ordinary, I'm like, huh, that was strange. I'm gonna tell my wife about that later. Mm-hmm. But at least it's not. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's. Well, it effed up that lady's car. True. And, and there's so she said that it started coming at her, but she was what able to get in the car in a way in time or she hit it. She went out to look and see what was there. She didn't see anything. And she went to pull away. And that's when it had jumped on the trunk of her car. Oh, and that's, you know, it grabbed the side of it, but it was, because it had been raining, it slipped right off. Gotcha. Yeah. And then we have this other lady who before that saw it, she thought it was hunched over like just just a normal dog and then it stood up like a man and that's what really got her and i appreciated the detail in her account where she was like the lights were pointing one way but its eyes still glow like luminescent yeah yeah so like she was like aware enough to be like this isn't eye shine because the lights aren't pointing that way mm-hmm. so interesting yeah Bray Road's very interesting. There's there's several accounts. Those are the two biggest accounts, but there's several, and it's they're all very similar. They'll be driving down Bray Road. They'll see the creature. Sometimes the creature will come and attack their car and things like that. But okay. Bray Road is a definite hot spot. 
for really skinny bears. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you even. <laughs> I I get bears. Okay. Bears are frustrating excuse for werewolves for me and Sasquatch because they also attribute them to Sasquatch. What? Bear Sasquatch? Yeah. Yeah. And people say they see Bigfoot and they're like, no, nah, it was just a bear. But a dog, a dog face and a bear face, while like I'll admit they're similar, but a dog face, the snout is much longer than yeah. a bear's is. Well, yeah, and specifically, like, well, yeah, especially, especially wolves. And everything has been described as man-like. It's, every description has been man-like. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a bear, and I'm like, man-like. Maybe it's chest. I'll admit that. Maybe You know how they kind of stand up, and they, their arms kind of go to the side mm-hmm. like bodybuilders will? Um, not quite touching the hips. But, yeah. But they're, they're still not man-like. No. So. Not by any means. Not buying it. I think something's going on over Bray Road. Not sure how I feel about Hellhounds. Don't think that's... I think that's just stray dogs. Yeah. And werewolves, at least in the Middle Ages, I think were just some twisted people. They got tortured. And claimed to make deals with the devil. Yeah. Twisted people. Twisted people. Yeah. No matter what. Um so is that all of the the accounts? That is all of the accounts. I'm not going to do a Skinwalker account because that that is a lot. That is a whole lot. Then yeah. We're, then we're talking Skinwalker Ranch, and that's like the Mothman, where there's like just levels of weird crap. Not even just the main weird thing. Well, yeah, and we already got. I mean, Hellhounds are already far enough like away from. Yeah. But um, I just wanted to. I just wanted to throw that in there so that way it was it was at least in the discussion. Yeah, but I mean, like, not to delve into a whole other. Because you said, like you said, skinwalkers could have like their own episode, mm-hmm. potentially, <clears throat> which I'm all looking to, and maybe we'll do that one down the road. But, um, okay. So is that a, is that what you got? Is that's, that that's that's what I got? That's, that's just that's a that's that's a description of werewolves and a counter piece. Okay, werewolves and wolfmen. Do you think they could both similar be a thing, or do you think that it's either one or the other? Um, I feel a little hypocritical in being like, no, you can't transform from a man to a wolf. That's too physically much. Because like when you're talking about supernatural things, like nothing is too much. True. Know? But practically, I feel like it's more understandable for there are to be like a wolf-like being than a transformation. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, well, I'm like wondering what the origins of that would be, anyways, as far as like. Aside from what you said, like wolfmen, like further in detail, what where that would have come from. Mm-hmm. But um, I've always liked the idea of werewolves. Yeah, for sure, it's always been an enticing. Like, seen a couple werewolf movies and stuff. You know what Van Helsing and mm-hmm. they always look super cool and badass. And but <laughs> um, and they're usually like, as far as because you were we were talking about this a little bit beforehand, like a little bit of context where you're talking about like the whole vampires versus werewolves thing mm-hmm. and they usually seem to be on like the good side as werewolves? far as werewolves um i think that's i think that's just a hollywood interpretation it, well yeah definitely <laughs> it is but i'm just wondering why that the connotation well, i think that the the cultural aspect of that is a werewolf at least from my research doesn't need to eat people 
Mm-hmm. Like it could just eat rabbits and be do its werewolf thing in the woods and then come back. And, and then it doesn't necessarily want to be what it is. Sometimes, yeah. Where vampires are where vampires more like, like they vampires own have to. They like, own it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. But like vamp- uh, vampires are another thing. There's not to get too tangenty. But there's a lot that's we think is old mythos with vampires, mm-hmm. but it's more just brought up the first time it was mentioned was in the original Dracula no- novel. Yeah. But because that's so old that we think it's just like it's part of the mythos, but it's it's pop culture, just really old pop culture. Mm-hmm. So that caught on and yeah got ran away with yeah but unlike which why i chose to do werewolves over vampires is because a lot of this isn't just necessarily pop culture like whereas with vampires there i don't think there's actually a lot of things with um i'm trying to think okay like like with vampires the whole not seeing the reflection in the mirror yeah pretty sure that was only from the dracula novel mm-hmm. whereas with werewolves like the transforming part of them that's been around for thousands of years well, yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the references to that, this sort of, that sort of thing is, uh, like, like dated back to, you know, Greek yeah. mythology and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So definitely been around a lot longer. I mean, I, I guess I might err a little bit more on the side of actual werewolves as opposed to wolf men, like the, the potential for that reality of there being werewolves. Yeah, you're still still sticking strong with the transforming. Yeah, you know, as as uh, as out there as the whole concept seems, I feel like that's I just feel like that's more likely than than just it's like a wolf man being kind of its own creature. See, I think that appeals to me more because I like I mean I like crypto crypto stuff cryptozoological yeah. which it's only just one step away from being zoological. Mm-hmm. It just you just got to find it. So it makes a little more sense to me for there just to be a creature yeah, that's not been found or identified versus transforming into a werewolf. True. While as cool as that is, other than like some of the weird ways you got to go about it. Yeah. If it was just like, oh, I was born on well, Christmas I mean, Eve. There's so many ways, yeah. Uh, you know, if you were just born on Christmas Eve, that's fine. I ain't selling no souls. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Slept out under the uh, full moon last week and, you know, look where I am now. Hi campers, don't worry, you're still listening to the right podcast. This is Cassandra, I'm Ryan's wife, and I know that it seems to have stopped abruptly, but we got some really jumbled audio, and instead of having you guys sit through that and have it be painful, we just wanted to stop and kind of fill you in where we left off, so that way you have truth about werewolves. Yes, yeah. The only thing you you guys are missing are just the housekeeping stuff at the end. Um, so I'll fill you in on that now with the help of my lovely assistant. So um, you got you got the synopsis with the werewolves. You got how we felt about them. Um, we would love to know how you guys feel though, and if you have seen anything, any encounters, anything weird. We're talking ghosts, Bigfoot. There was an alien in my backyard. You name it. We want to hear about it. No judgments here. We just want to hear about it. Um, next week, I will be happy to introduce our first guest, which is here helping me with the outro, my wife, Cassandra. So next week, we're going to be – it's going to be a little bit different. It's a little bit more of a discussion episode. Uh, we're going to be still keeping it kind of supernatural a little bit, uh, but talking a little bit more with um, the subject of prophesying, 
um, and with speaking in tongues and things with the with the Christian faith that are a little more supernatural than people are used to. Right, Cassandra? Yep. So hang with us. Um, if you want to reach us, you can reach us at creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. And like I said, anything, if you guys just want to say hi, tell us how you feel about the show, we really appreciate it. Uh, following, following our next episode is going to be our next Urban Legends episode, and that's going to be with Illinois. And congratulations, you guys. Um, you're our next biggest listener base. We really appreciate that. Uh, and if any listeners out there from Illinois have any stories they want to shoot our way, please let us know because I have no idea yet. I've not started the research, so... If you got any local legends you want to tell us about, just let us know. So, until next time, campers, remember. No, we gotta do it together. So, until next time, campers, stay toasty. We missed it again. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so, until next time, campers, stay toasty. Stay toasty.